How many of you like juxtaposition? Any anyone a fan of it? Okay. Are any of you fans of sarcasm? No. Wow. Okay. How about irony? All the above. These, I, I want to call them tools. Because they're really tools that we use to perceive things in a different way. It may bring enlightenment. It may bring thoughts that we hadn't thought before. Even sarcasm, if, it, if it's done politely, <laughs> can help us understand something in a way that we weren't thinking before. And so in today's message, I, I thought I would kind of use that spirit. Because as you may notice, the, the title of today's sermon is Seeing Yourself in the Least of These, which is a little different than what the Christian scriptures say. Because they talk about seeing Christ in those that they serve. And so much so that when I was in college, my first undergrad school, my undergrad education took many years, and I got to enjoy the environments of, I think, six different colleges and universities because of family and stuff like that. Life gets in the way. But this one student, my very first college that I went to, was up in Minnesota, and I became very close friends with a man who was from the border of Mexico and Texas, down in a community area called Brownsville, if any of you are familiar with that. And his grand, his great-grandparents have been in Texas for as long as they knew. And Saul was raised Catholic. And at that point in my life, I was not Catholic, and I was not UU. I was more non-denominational. And as many of you know my story, I've, I've transitioned into different phases until I found a place that truly accepted everything that I really thought, which is here, which is the Unitarian Universalist. Well, Saul had become evangelical, and the college that we were at was evangelical. It was a missionary college. And at that time, I really wanted to go into a foreign land somewhere to do something. Not necessarily to preach the gospel to them, but to help somehow. And so... Saul got this job and he still was kind of a Catholic mystic sort of person 
And he got this job in service with an elderly, uh, a home that took care of elderly people who could not take care of themselves any longer. And most of them had dementia and were seeing or seeing signs of dementia or Alzheimer's. And so, so Saul started that job. After he toured the place and saw the people, he loved it. He said, these people are so wonderful. These people, they're, they're just so kind. And that was his first day. His second day, after having bedpans thrown at him, after having to literally change diapers, and is that the correct term for I'm always you know like I don't know if it changes when it becomes I'm sorry depends it depends on the situation that's my son so he immediately that the second day he came back to the dorms he was oh my gosh i don't know if i can do this i don't know i really don't know and he was really perplexed and this went on for a few weeks and every day it was becoming harder and harder and harder and then one day there was one man that was particularly belligerent and would roll over and throw what had come out of his bottom at Saul. And Saul would try to do the best he could, and he was so frustrated. And he said he was right on the brink of feeling like he was going to lose it. And he looked up at the man. And whether you believe in this or not, I don't, it doesn't really matter. Our brain does strange things. When he looked up at the man's face, he said, I not only literally saw the face of Jesus, but I felt this peace come over me in a way that I had never felt before. He said it was at that moment that he felt like whether it was really Jesus, whether it was a vision, or whether it was his brain trying to get him to see a different perspective. This changed him. From that day on, he was excited to go to work. He started taking gifts to the elders. He started loving on them and not just doing the job. Because there's a difference. There's service and then there's loving what you do and treating them with a, as you would want to be treated. Which is a quote from Christian Scriptures. Do unto others as, uh, yeah, as we want to. 
Saul changed. He began to love his job. He loved his job. And then when he finished school, he cried harder for having to leave his people than he did leaving school and our and the friends, even me, all of us. Because something happened to him. He began to see others as not just another human being, but he saw the sacredness in them. It's kind of a principle we have, you know, to see the divine in others. And I'm going to take that and and use it in a way that, that we actually not expect to see Jesus in them or Buddha in those people we serve, but something a little more simple, something a little more practical, that we see ourselves in them. How many of you want to be treated with disregard? No, nobody. We want to be treated with respect and be seen as a sacred being just as those others that are around us. And so that brings up who we serve and how we treat them and treating them as we would want to be treated ourselves. In the Hebrew Scriptures and in the Christian Scriptures, it's often referring to these people that we're talking about as the least of these. Some call them the lesser thans. Can you think of categories of people? Culturally, socioeconomically, religiously. What are some of these types or groups of people? The homeless. Sorry? The handicapped. The handicapped. The addicted. Yes? Foreigners. Yes. Refugees. The working poor. Anyone else? People coming out of prison. Mentally ill. Someone said something over here. People in prison. Right, right. They're seen as the least of these. The lesser thans. Imagine with me, I I thought of this uh, metaphor. English teachers, help me. (laughs) Metaphor, I, I, I believe is the right word. If it's not, correct me in the middle of what I'm telling you. (laughs) So imagine those people that you described. I would include those that are terminally ill. Our son Kai, fighting cancer. Those, Those are the least of these. 
and 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 Jesus talked about the children. Many, you know, in some cultures, the children are seen as the least of these. They have no voice. You're to be seen, not heard. Has anyone ever heard that? That's a lesser than. That's a least of these. Because they're not important enough. So, they're included as well. So imagine all of these groups of people. And they're down here. Okay? They're on the very bottom. Sometimes, literally. And then imagine over all of their heads, just above them, is like a big boardwalk. And that boardwalk has big cracks that you can see through. You can see the lesser thans. Okay? And those that are on the boardwalk, you come up a level. It's a little bit hierarchical here. Come up a level, and then who would you have? Able-bodied. Most of us here, I would assume, are probably, you know, we, we might have parts of us as a lesser than or, or least of these, but most of us in our society would be in the middle somewhere. Either right against the boardwalk or maybe a little, you know, in different conditions. And we may have a mental illness, but we're coping. We're presenting to life like we're okay. We may have struggles at times. I'm like that. Since our son died, I'm like that. Some days I feel like a least of these because it's hard to even function with grief. So there may be different times in our life that we're kind of in a different spot. So then imagine over the heads of all of those that are in the middle, a big glass ceiling. Has anyone ever heard of a glass ceiling? So hard to break through, right? Who's on top of the glass ceiling? Politicians. You win the grand prize. You get a free cookie and a coffee after the service. Politicians. That would be my number one. And then who pays off the politicians? The what? Coke brothers. Well, we're getting personal now. <laughs> no, it was not. The Koch brothers. Big business. Lobbyist. The rich. Corporate CEOs. Big pharma. Who said that? Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Very much so. They're so high that they can see the middle. But frequently what we see happening is they just don't care. Right? And, and so, and the middle can see through the cracks to the least of these. 
And and even the middle. You know, CNN says that over 75% of America is one paycheck away from being in poverty. That's a current statistic. 75% of America, those are ones that are not in poverty. 75% of the middle is one paycheck away from being in poverty. So the middle can see the wealthy. We see them all the way up, straight up to the White House. Right? We see them. And we also see those that many in our culture, our society, would call the least of these. So how do we break through these barriers? What do we do? We see ourselves in them. Vote! Let's get political again. Yes, vote. And that is actually uh, one of my points that I had written down as I was going through this is that some people think that are in the middle that that's all they need to do. Some people think that the least of these deserve what they're getting. Have you ever heard of prosperity doctrine? The poor are poor because they're not believing in God enough. Right? They are there because that's where God wants them. Yes. While they have ten mansions, several yachts, and I could go into names, but we won't. In case any of you are Joel Osteen fans. I mean, oops. I'm not going to say names. So, as we began to dismantle these barriers, I know of a few that are on top of that glass ceiling that may not live like us, but I can think of a few that... <clears throat> truly excuse me Seahawks <laughs> just in case you were wondering I can think of a few that are on top of that glass ceiling that actually affect the middle and the least of these Bill and Melinda Gates whether you like Microsoft Word or not, or whether you're an Apple person, it doesn't matter. What I'm talking about is the percentage of what they make going to those in the middle, those disadvantaged. No one said people of color as being the least of these. The Gates, the Bill and Melinda Gate, Millennium Gates Foundation, have you heard of that? It's a scholarship. It's for minorities, people of color, high school graduates. And when they 
get and this this these grants are in the billions and billions of dollars they pay for all of their college education all the way up through their doctorate all the way through their doctorate and in certain fields you do have to do certain fields you can't just you know i want to major in underwater basket weaving and then get a doctorate in i don't know it's something silly surfing but they provide for that and so there are a few like that but the majority of the worker people the the ones that 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 serve at soup kitchens homeless shelters come from that middle and then some from the lower but as percentage wise at least in america which of those groups do you think gives more to charity the, the lower the median the very lowest year after year the statistics show the very lowest income gives more money percentage wise to other causes that need help and i think that's because they're looking at those others that need the help and seeing themselves and that's where i want to challenge us today that we as we go about our vocations like Saul my friend that was a vocation but he felt like it was his duty to serve it was his honor to serve not at first at first he did not like the diapers flying in his face but once he understood a different perspective that those least of these are just like him because like our principles show us they have the divine light within them just as we do ourselves and when treating them looking at them stopping and talking with them taking time i i tell people this is it's not bragging it's just something i do and i love doing it when i go to each general assembly has anyone been to general assembly i hung out with some of you all last year a crazy bunch <laughs> oh my goodness if i told you this anyway <laughs> that's a different sermon no it was a blast i had so much fun but there's times of the day that I don't have lunch plans with others and so I just walk. And there's every general assembly I've been to, there's always homeless. There's always homeless people. And whether you agree with my method or not, that's not my point. Cuz some people don't agree with what I do. But I go up to them, say, "Hey, how's it going? Where are you from?" I just want to talk to you. You know, are, are, do you need anything? Are you hungry? Usually, yes. 
Actually, always yes. I've never had one say no, I'm not. And I say, you know what, I'm going to go eat. Do you want to go with me? Let's go eat together. And so we go and eat. And in Phoenix, when the GA was in Phoenix, I sat down with a man who had been homeless for 10 or 12 years. He had been a college professor, university professor at the University of Arizona. He was a molecular physicist, is that right? Way above me. It was molecular something. I remember that part. Molecular something. And he had gone through a divorce become severely depressed couldn't go to work he lost his job his wife got the house he moved into a rental but eventually had to move out because he just was so depressed over his divorce he could not motivate himself and he'd been on the streets for that amount of time looking at him on the street you would have never guessed his story. You would have never thought this this guy right here, you know, he's this genius. And we talked about stuff. Most of it I didn't even understand myself. And people would walk by us, even even general assembly people. And they would look and, and, and make faces even sometimes. And then when I ordered the food, even the manager of the restaurant said, I have a really difficult time with him being here. He panhandles outside my door. I said, so? I'm paying for the meal. So why would you not let him in? And... Anyway, through the meal, we talked and talked. And I, I ended up spending so much time with him. Because of looking at that man, and I didn't see Jesus like my friend Saul did. I saw myself. I could be there. I could. Any of us could. We may think we couldn't, but we can. We have no control over what happens when we leave this church. Things happen. So I want to challenge us. And I want to invite you to begin to look at others that we serve. Whether it's in our job, whether it's getting gas at Quick Trip, or wherever we are, or we're visiting people in the hospital to see these people, that could be you. And how would you want to be treated? Our community ministry that we've had going for a year now, the majority of what we do at this moment is serving the needs of the cancer families who have children that have cancer and fighting cancer. Those are least of these. Some of them are in financial bankruptcy because of treating their child. Some of them have 
We have a friend that just got a bill, the newest bill for their last visit, $100,000 to keep her child alive. $100,000. So we help them financially. We give gift cards, gas cards. We replace the engine on one of the families. We do all of these things. But we also have in our vision to do more in the community of Tahlequah for the poor, for those that are the least of these. We've got... Is Kathy Sleezer here? Aww. She gave me this idea. She said, hey, we got these newspaper boxes. Old ones that Tulsa World got rid of. You want them? Some people put little mini pantries in them. They just put them in the community. So I took all she had. And they were such a hit. It was in the newspaper. And <coughs> all of those are taken. And we're getting more from Tulsa World. And we decorate them, paint them, make the insides of them that will hold stuff. Non-perishable food. One uh, medical clinic, they got a hold of me and said, we want two. One on each side of our door, and we're going to put diapers and formula, because that's the most asked for thing, and we don't have enough. They serve mostly low-income clients. There are ways that we can do things that enlighten other people's lives just by the perspective that we have. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge myself and all of us to start looking at these who are considered the least of these and see them as ourselves because they're a part of our human population. As Connie said last week, they have the same stardust. I like I loved that when she said that. When you look in their eyes, they have the same sparkly stardust. And we share all of that in common. So as we go forth, be planning. Because I am going to talk to the board eventually. And let's get this community ministry a part of this a part of our family here and have opportunities to serve and to work outside of Tulsa to do things for those that can't help themselves. So will you join me in that? Any head nods? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands or do an altar call. <laughs> Although that's what my grandma would want me to do. Just consider it. Think about it. Moving outside of these walls in a way that impacts those around us like the soup kitchen and in different areas. Okay? So we're in this together because we want to see those lesser thans just like we see ourselves in one body. Amen.